This episode had me absolutely dying on the floor. We had a mishap with a cold call. I can't tell you more than that, but we had a mishap. So you got to listen to this confession to figure that out. And also as well, we learned some cold calling tips, some things I was surprised by from tips from my my career and my tenure, and some things you could do on a day-to-day basis that you may not know about. Have fun with this episode. Okay, welcome back to another SCR's Confessions, and we always just dive right into it. We have Pierce today. Pierce, tell us a little bit more about yourself, and then we'll get into the confession. Yeah, sure. So, um, so my name is Piers. I've uh, worked at Cognizant for nine months now. Uh, I'm a senior enterprise SDR, and uh, I have a confession that's uh, not too embarrassing, but hopefully uh, will uh, prove as a, a good way, <laughs> a good means of, of <laughs> So everyone's at the edge of their seats. They're tuning in. They're trying to find out what is your confession. So, Piers, tell us, what is your SDR confession? So, uh, basically, I, um, obviously, as SDRs, we um, dial um, like crazy, especially when um, you're faced with a notoriously difficult month of December. Um, and uh, in a sort of uh, little um, moment of, of madness, I, I decided to uh, call a prospect um, in the US. I think she's based in California, and uh, it was 7.41 a.m. Um, so, she had had uh, a demo of the platform. We we're waiting for her to come back to us uh, with feedback from a data test. Um, and she just sort of started ghosting me for a while. So I, I gave her a call, uh, didn't pay enough attention to the, to the local time on, on outreach. And, uh, yeah, she, she sent me a message, um, eventually, um, after a little bit of ghosting, um, explaining that she wasn't too pleased to have been woken up by my call at 6am. Um, <laughs> although I must, uh, I must stress that it was actually 7.41am. I, I double checked, I triple checked the activity. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't too early. I don't think it was much of a wake up call, but, um, but probably a little bit too early to call somebody, I guess, if, if most people start work at 8 or 8.30. I mean, look, it sounds like it was a it was a decent alarm clock. I, I have some alarm clock sounds that are terrible. So at least it wasn't it was an absolutely awful it sounds like across the board. So so what happened from there? You called her, like was it did you call her back ever again? Like what happened from there? Uh yeah, so she didn't pick up at uh, the time that I supposedly sort of woke her up. Um, she, uh, then to ghost me for a while, as I say, and I called her a couple more times and then eventually, um, after trying to reach her on LinkedIn, she responded saying that she, you know, um, she wasn't interested, um, at this stage, um, that it might, you know, it might sort of circle back in a couple of months. Um, but for now it wasn't, it wasn't a great time and, uh, that she didn't appreciate, uh, wake, uh, me waking her up with an early call. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, the thing is, like, I've obviously read online that the best time to call um, a sort of senior sales leader tends to be uh, before they start work. So I've heard that 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. is a good time to call. And I was only 19 minutes short of that. So, you know, um, but maybe I should start uh, building into my pitch that Cognizant um, sell, you know, phone numbers, email addresses and uh, wake up calls. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a new pitch. I don't know. Like, might be one. Might need to create it. So. So this is really interesting. We'll dive into some learning lessons here from this confession. I think this something that you mentioned, I have told people to do as well. I have also done myself when I'm at SDR or when I'm doing any calling. I've called before eight and I found people at the time was pre-COVID. So people were commuting, they were going somewhere so you could catch them in the car or going into the office. So it wasn't as bad. I think now a lot of people are maybe staying in a little bit more because they can just get up, walk five steps. They're at their desk. Now they're working. So they're like, Oh, you woke me up because I don't have to wake up as early. Cause I don't have to commute. So that's just something that I tell people now to consider. Like if calling at like 
I mean, we used to call it like 7 a.m. and we would get people commuting. But now it's like people are probably asleep and then they're grumpy, right? So maybe call them at like right at 8, right? Um, but everything's at A-B test because some people might even be up earlier than that. So I guess l- let's dive into some learning lessons here. I think like number one learning lesson is calling people now maybe at 8 o'clock. Have you changed that now? Or are you still call people before 8 and that was, you think that was just a fluke scenario? Um, well, because of the time difference, obviously, I only have between about 4 p.m. and 5 p.m. to call California. So I'm not going to promise them um, when that I've stopped calling at 7 p.m. Piers is still going to call you all. <laughs> <laughs> There's no stopping me. Um, so I was never sleeps. Uh, but no, I, I think I'll um, definitely pay more attention to the local time zone. It was obviously just um, because I was like absolutely powering through, you know, making about 100 dollars a day. Um, and so I wasn't, I wasn't really paying attention, uh, too much attention to each individual call. Um, and, uh, so maybe called it a, a tad early, but as I say, we've, uh, cause of the time difference being, uh, what, eight hours, um, behind, uh, they are. So we, we only have, really have like four till five. If we have an afternoon meeting as well, then, you know, there's, there's very limited time for us to catch California and being, you know, a, a software salesperson, it's, uh, a lot of companies are based there, are headquartered there. I have offices there, so it's uh, it's a region that we still have to target. We still have to cold call. I guess we just got to pick our moments. Yeah, no, for sure. And um, one thing that you did as well, well, actually, before we go into that, I'm actually curious. Have you noticed this was one scenario? Have you noticed though that when you do make those calls at that time, because again, you're you're only going to get at between our our time difference. It's a big difference that you've been getting more pickups when you call earlier? Have you just like noticed that compared to maybe some other people who may stay later and call at that time? Yeah, 100%. So I actually find that the best times to call are, you know, just before the start of the working day or, or just as it started. Um, and unless they have like a, a sales kickoff meeting, um, then um, it's it's likely that they won't have like internal meetings. So they're more likely to pick up. Um, whether the call disposition is going to be as positive, uh, you know, that's, um, it's- Yeah, story for another. <laughs> Then the afternoons work as well. So I find that calling after five and sometimes when I stay in the, in the office until like so six, six thirty or so, that's when I actually have the best um, pickup rates. And sometimes you'll catch people um, on their way home from work. And if they've had a good day, then the call disposition could be as positive as, as, as ever. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, early morning and late afternoon is actually quite a good shout. Okay, awesome. And, and so you are seeing success there. We had an outlier scenario where, the, you know, one person was like, wait, what's going on? Uh, I know that in, in that story, uh, you had sent a video as well. So tell us about that video. Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, after a, a little bit of the ghosting, I basically sent a video. Um, well, sorry, after she responded uh, via LinkedIn saying that she wasn't best pleased that I you know, woke her up with my early cold call. Um, I... Um, I sent her a vidyard basically saying happy new year and um, sorry for having um, called you so early. Um, explained that December is a difficult month uh, for SCRs as we're you know, uh, trying to trying to hit target when um, people are as unresponsive as ever um, and uh, then left it with her. So it's actually ongoing. Um, it's still, you know, um, we're still to, to soon to find out what will uh, be the outcome of all of this. Uh, but hopefully she'll um, appreciate my, my persistence. And... I, I like how you, I actually uh, I, was, I was I was cracking up with the video because it's funny, but uh, <laughs> the thing is like with the video in itself because yeah I say that y'all because I, I, we got a chance to see the video beforehand. If you wanted, I guess peers might be able to send it to you, but it was it was it was funny. But also at the same time, it showed like just being human. I think a lot of times when 
you do make a mistake like calling someone early it wakes up on their or you know their whatever their bedtime or whatever they're like oh this sucks like this is terrible and like no that's like not the case it doesn't always have to be that way and you could still be able to get through and what and what all i'm saying all this because you sent a video to apologize and also to answer that objection right not interested when did you start doing that and when did you get the confidence to start doing that because i tell people to do it all the time and they're like ah, i don't want to do it i'm scared i'm nervous you seem to be in this scenario to not be um yeah and no, absolutely i i basically am one of those cheeky scrs that never takes no as an answer i, I see a no as a challenge in fact um so every time somebody tells me that they're you know it's not the right time they've their budget's frozen etc i'll just fire back um some objection handles and and try and sort of tackle it as best i can um, I think, uh, yeah, when I, when I joined Cognizant nine months ago, um, Rachel Goldson was my onboarding manager and she was the one who first taught me to never take no as an answer, um, until, you know, it's, it's perhaps three no's, uh, from three different DMs or the same DM three times, <laughs> uh, which they should probably leave it a couple of months and then, and then, and they go back all guns blazing. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, in, in that scenario, uh, the best thing was to just perhaps, send her send her a linkedin and not have uh, called her repetitively um so i think i maybe misread my audience on, on this occasion um but i yeah, definitely uh wouldn't i wouldn't um i wouldn't say that like my the takeout from this is that i you know need to be less persistent i think just being sort of pleasantly persistent is uh is something that's really sort of appreciated and, and respected in, in the sales world i love that you said that uh, I say that to people all the time is being pleasantly persistent. I think when people think of the word persistent, they immediately think annoying and no, you don't have to be annoying. You can do it in a pleasant way and in a thoughtful way. And sometimes along the way, yeah, people are going to be like, ah, I'm not, am I interested or that's not for me? Or you may get some pushback. That's part of the game though. Like you're not going to be in this role and not have those pushbacks. It's just acknowledging that, okay, it didn't work that time. Apologize and move on to where you need to go. Absolutely. When you, so we're, we're thinking about the, we did the talk about the video and the follow-up. Uh, we talked about, okay, being more thought, maybe, maybe, you know, making sure that when you're making those calls, like, okay, maybe, okay, we don't want to do it so, so early, but we still want to A-B test and see where it goes from there. When, when you're, when you're looking at uh, this, this confession as well, is there a different introduction that you use because you know it's earlier or do you stick with the same thing? Um, it's a good question. Uh, I think I would just stick with the same thing, to be honest. Uh, I might, um, throw in like, uh, I hope you're having, a, if it's a Monday morning, um, mm. I might, uh, you know, wish them, um, a, a great start to the week. Uh, often people say like, you know, I hope you've had a great weekend, but, um, I don't, I'm, I'm a bit of a forest, a forwardist, so I prefer to sort of wish them like, uh, productive and, and uh, great and, and positive week. Um, but no, I, I think in terms of just like day to day, I think, uh, my morning pitch is probably the same as my afternoon pitch. Yeah. You said this is something that's interesting. What would you recommend? So, so this is the, this is interesting. So you mentioned uh, how they said the wake up, like the, like basically you woke me up earlier or whatever. I, I will say this, but your, your tone has to be on point for this. I'd be like, congrats. This is a cold call on your alarm clock. And then I'll just pause. <laughs> And then so some people don't like that and they're like, wait, what? But most people laugh. And so I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to keep riding with this and just see where it goes. So 
I used to be like, yeah, congrats, it's a cold call, and this is your alarm clock, pause. And then it'd be like, wait, what do you want? And then, you know, we laugh, and then we would go into it. So that's the one that I use. Again, the stuff, some stuff that I use, it's probably just what I personally would use. I don't think that would work in some places for sure, especially some personas that wouldn't work. It just, you know, just look at what you're doing and understand that. But personally, like, that's what I like to do, because, like, I already know it's early, and, like, I already know, we already know it's a cold call. So I just like calling things out and like making them more crazy or outlandish. So then you laugh at it. So then we can just move on and like talk about what we need to talk about. Yeah, no, I see. That's um, definitely one to keep in mind. <laughs> I might, might try it. <laughs> try yeah. it. Try it. See where it goes. Maybe you have to come back for a confession. Like, hey, Morgan, you told me to do this. And like, they were not happy. So <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Uh, but that is a that is a route that you can go. And you mentioned something in there. You said you're a Fordist. Because I think a lot of people that are SDRs, they want to be really nice. They don't want to step on people's toes. They don't want to mess up things up. But you're like, no, I'm for it. I want to get in it. I, I love that. So I guess my question to you is, have you always been that way? Is that something you had to learn? Talk to me. Um, no, I think uh, when I started out, I was really, really polite and you know, almost like too respectful of, of the prospect's time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started... Um, finding a lot more success when I was quite direct with them and, and blase, you know, not necessarily telling them that, um, you know, not sort of uh, calling them and being like, Hey, this is your alarm clock. Um, but <laughs> along those lines, being blase, um, sort of being able to make self-deprecating jokes, I think works, works a treat in software sales because they, they understand the game. You know, they uh, don't want people just calling them up with the same pitch every time and, and sending the same LinkedIn messages like, Hey, um, you might be interested in our in our software. Have you got 15 minutes next week? You got you got to mix it up a little bit. You got to be blasé. You got to be upfront. Um, and once I noticed that that was like uh, that, I was having a lot more success um, booking meetings by um, doing that by being direct and, and blasé. I and a little bit cheeky. Um, I and and sort of yeah. I guess the other thing is to acknowledge that like you, our time is valuable as well. You know, it's not just the prospects' time that we have to respect. Absolutely. We should respect our own time. We can't just like always you know work around. Uh, their schedules uh, others we just wouldn't get anywhere um but yeah since i i noticed that i sort of doubled down on it and, and decided to be a little bit cheekier but then still you know pleasant still polite um still respectful obviously um uh, but just uh with with a twist i guess with a comedic twist <laughs> so so I, I i agree with that you have to be able to be um direct but not rude is the way i always put it right if you're you can be direct to be rude and it's not going to go far but you can be direct and still be kind to some degree and still be that person and sales is interesting especially being an sdr like you you change very quickly <laughs> you realize that okay like most people are trying to waste my time some people are lying to me like how do i be direct so they like stop doing this to me and you got to be able to ask the right questions do the right things so that you evade that but you also said you have a comedic twist are you are you a comedian on also as well? Is that another confession you need to tell us? Like, or are you just like, it's just like part of your personality. Uh, part of my personality, I'd say. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, there was, there was another confession that um, we won't spend uh, too much time going to, but um, I called, I called this prospect uh, with a referral as well. So I knew that he was the DM and um, he said that he was far too busy to look into our technology until mm-hmm. uh, the new year. This was a couple of months ago. And I said, oh, okay. Um, is there any reason for, and then he cut me, cut me up and said, uh, um, hang on two seconds. And then he ordered a bacon sandwich and a cup of tea. Are you really that busy for the next two months that you can't like 15 minutes to assess our technology and, and see its value? Um, anyway, yeah, it was, uh, it was a funny interaction. I still have a problem, uh, 
I'm gonna, one, one day soon I'll, I'll call i'll catch him and um i'll ask him how his bacon sandwich is <laughs> <laughs> like i i can't think of anything more disrespectful than that like hey like i can't check out the software but i'm gonna take the time to order a bacon sandwich like you clearly have some time like this is absolutely ridiculous yeah. right <laughs> like <laughs> oh man like prospects are crazy out here but the thing is what you mentioned um getting back in touch with him i think bacon sandwich is a good subject line that should stand out it's something to try absolutely yeah as, a, as an email and a linkedin i guess yeah absolutely even a connection request literally just put bacon sandwich in the note and like see what happens <laughs> <laughs> like he might be like oh okay here he comes again like but I, yeah, I think that bacon sandwich and tea, like, yo, I'm on the phone with you. What's going on? Crazy. Crazy times we live in. <laughs> it would be funny if I, if I caught him at 7.41 a.m. and he's like, why are you calling now? It's too early. I'm having my bacon sandwich for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually, hey, like, call him and then you're having, like, hey, I, yep, I just got my bacon sandwich and a breakfast. I got my tea. Thought of you. Wanted to call you. If he doesn't laugh at that, then, like, I don't know. I, I've, I've lost faith in. <laughs> And being funny. I don't even want to tell you at that point. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it, man. So we, we've covered a good bit. Uh, we covered you calling early and the strategy there. Uh, we've covered, you know, what you've been doing to be more direct. Uh, and before we go into the last question, I want to talk about being a little bit direct a little bit more. Um, are, there, are there ways, this is an interesting question here. Are there things that you do in your personal life to continuously test or iterate being direct in your professional life? Um, as in, do I sort of like carry things from my personal life into work that I've found? Yeah, yeah. Of? Like, like you know, like you, you find that like with your friends, you've actually started to be more direct and that's like translated into work. And now it's starting to like mesh where like you're actually just being more direct as a whole. And so I was seeing like, okay, maybe with friends, you started to be more direct versus you weren't before because now that's going into that. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, during during the COVID um, era, it was quite difficult to obviously organize uh, any kind of a social event um, and you'd, mm -hmm. you'd get loads and loads of maybes. I don't know if you found the same, but so I did yep. find uh, with, with my friends where like when obviously when it was legal to um, when we we're trying to um, group together and, and see each other, um, if people said like, yeah, I'll try and do that or um, I might be there, you know, I'd often um, just be, be very direct with them uh, then and I'd just say, listen, like, are you actually going to come? You know, if you don't want to come, no problem at all. You know, no hard feelings. We could, I'll move on and, and move on to the next prospect, you know, um, move on to the next friend and, and mm. ask them if they're available. Um, say, it's, say it's like a weekend away and you want 15 people there. Um, if you have like 10 maybes until the last moment, it's, it's no good. Um, so yeah, definitely definitely with invitations to things. Maybe a little bit with dating as well. I mean, it's getting very personal, but I, yeah. I guess like, <laughs> somebody, you definitely want to know whether they like you or not. Um, times of the essence in, in the working world and and in you know the, the, the social world so it um perhaps whilst dating i guess i have uh, been quite direct with people i've dated and, and wanted them to be direct with me and, and um not mess around with silly games but just cut to the chase like are we a good match um and it, it that definitely carries into work you know you want to it was actually um one of the points I, I want to mention in terms of like yeah when i when i pick up new accounts basically one of the first things i'll do is i'll call four or five like ic's or or sort of sales managers um who are, have much better pickup rates than the directors and, and the vps obviously mm. and um because they're, they're close to the ground they know um like what's going on um it's often a good idea to call them and, and just 
basically qualify the whole account um, as a whole. Yeah. You save so much time if if you're calling four or five people and all four of them say like we do not need uh, you know contact data for example we do not need it right now or our budget's frozen for six months um, then you save so much time by not you know adding. 30, 40 prospects into cadence and then reaching out to all of them only to hear the same thing, but like two weeks later. Uh, yep. So yeah, being, being direct um, with, with like the account sort of more holistically um, yep. and qualifying it basically immediately, I, I found to work really well, uh, which I guess I've sort of, yeah, the, the directness is, is something that's built into my personality as well, but it's something that I sort of developed in my, in my professional career as well um, as of recently. I love I love that last tip that you gave as we wrap up here. And no, we're not going to ask you about your confessions uh, with with dating. That's a that's a different that's a different episode. But at the end of the day, when it comes to these accounts, I think that's a really good strategy for people to understand that you're calling ICs, you're getting information, you're understanding what's going on, which allows you to be more direct with the account and the people. Hopefully, people can take that tip and can use it for not only as SDRs but in their entire sales career. So, last question we always ask people when they come on is, what is a piece of actionable advice? And it could be something you've already mentioned, but actual advice that you would give to SDRs as they're starting out. Um, well, I mean, it's it's going to sound a little bit obvious, but like finding a mold is, is so, so important. So obviously um, some organizations prefer cold calling, some prefer a sort of email outreach. Um, some do, most do multi-outreach, a uh, multi-channel mm. outreach rather. Um, I think finding a mold is something that's so, so important, but in all aspects, because often people find the mold for their intro and pitch but then oversee like all other aspects, oversee everything else. You need to find your mold with your intro and pitch, obviously with your cold calling technique, but also with your workflow and your time management and your, and your sales admin. See what works for you best. You know, if, if you prefer keeping your notes offline or or, um, or online, like see, see what works for you and then play to your strengths, um, right? And I think the number one most important thing, which is, is pretty actionable, is also to have like, your own targets. So you, obviously you're going to have KPIs, you're going to have activity targets as an SDR um, that are set by like other people, but you can set your own targets as well. Nothing's stopping you. And I think what I found really useful is um, going to my manager. Uh, so I, I, if people have been watching uh, the previous episodes uh, with Brad, I'd say manager all of Pew. Um, and um, what I found really useful is, is when Ola and I have our one-to-ones, I'll set my own targets mm. and I'll say like, this is what I want to achieve by the end of the week. I want to um, focus more on these like five or six really hot accounts. The way I'm going to cut through to them is by you know, sending videos or doing creative outreach or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, so definitely, uh, definitely worth considering uh, like finding a mold in, in all aspects of, of uh, the SDRing world. I love that. No, I, thanks for the advice. Appreciate the breakdown. You already get, you already sound like you were giving some love. Any shout outs you want to give before we get out of here? Uh, definitely to all of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also yeah. To, to cool. Uh, he's a fantastic manager, now, honestly. Because I, I mean, I don't know if you like footballing analogy, but um, I think with uh, with SDR managers, they're they're not too far off football managers, and that they have to manage personalities. You know, sometimes we're known to be uh, uh, sort of princesses, if you like. You know, we complain about um, accounts yeah. not being good enough or needing a better tech stack, blah blah blah. Um, but um, so sometimes SDRs managers have SDR managers have a t- uh, tough time sort of uh, managing the personalities in the office and, and ensuring that um, they're keeping like a positive mindset and a, and a growth mindset um, because mentality is definitely the most important sort of aspect of, of a good SDR. A good SDR that you know they could be from anywhere, they could be from any background, any like sales experience. They might mm-hmm. not, not even have sales experience at all. But if you have the right mentality, you will go far. I, I agree with that. Mindset is the name of the game. And uh, Pierce, 
Appreciate you sharing all your advice, sharing your confession. And uh, for everyone else, we'll see you on the next SCR Confessions. Have a good one.